Hey, good evening, everyone. This is Kevin on your three cocktail questions. Uh, we're going to be talking about the maesters and the undead. Um, the uh, the thing that occurred to me in watching the last couple of episodes, uh, season uh, episode, you know, seasons um, seven, two through five, is this crazy plan of uh, you know, seal. I call it uh, John Seal Team Six. I've heard better names like uh, Snow Team Six or you know the snow aside squad things like that but basically the seven guys going up there to get a white from a standing army i mean these guys don't exactly float around there's no just guards hanging out they're all in one big mass how they're going to do it i don't know yet that's what the show's all about that's what the exciting thing's going to be but how they plan to bring it down well we saw way back in season one that a white or a zombie was uh brought into uh, the 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 castle was brought to castle black and its hand was cut off it was apparently dead its hand was cut off and it got up and it tried to attack everybody but the hand was still moving so they managed to uh lug it all down to uh king's landing you know down south but along the way reports came back that well it disintegrated it you know it rotted away but did it did it really rot away I'm thinking that it didn't, uh, and here's 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 why. What would be the difference if you bring back a white or a zombie? How are you going to transport it, right? You going to put it in a cage? You going to put it in a box or a bag? Well, if you do that, you got to cut it up. And if you cut it up, so it's easy to transport, then what happens? It's in separate pieces. There's more there's more area for it to disintegrate. Well, if you manage to bring it down to King's Landing, and I think they're going to put it in the Dragon Pit, personally, because that's the safest place you can do it, and it survived, then what happened to the original zombie slash white in the first place? I think the Maesters have it. And the reason why I think the Maesters have it is because of Kyburn. The moment the mountain fell down, Kyburn immediately went to work trying to either radically slow down the poison, like it says in the books, to keep the mountain alive, or to bring him back from the dead. How would Kyber know how to do that if he didn't have previous knowledge of the undead in the first place? The logic of it seems to make so much sense. The maesters, like I've said before, are growing gray men uh, for uh, the Doom of Valyria to keep people away from there, but they're studying the undead to see if there's a scientific method of of getting rid of the White Walkers themselves. They've known the White Walkers have been on the march for a long, long time, and they haven't told anybody, and probably wise to uh, keep a panic from happening. But once the dragons are, are reborn, glass candles are being relit, magic is returning, they're desperate to figure out how to end this plague and reduce magic once and for all before it comes back and, and enslaves everyone all over again. This is something to really stop to consider. That the maesters themselves are suppressing knowledge. Not just uh, recording history, but suppressing knowledge. I do believe, this is just my crazy, you know, three cocktail theory, that the maesters have the original one, and it's in the original white that we saw in season one, and it's in the restricted section. Sam is left. He'll probably have to come back, get chewed out, and that's when we'll see what's really going on back in the restricted section in the first place. The Maesters really are the last great mystery that's not been explored, right? Because we've had the House of Black and White. We know that they're assassins. 
the League of Shadows basically for Batman, for our Arya, the Batman of Westeros, right? We know Littlefinger came from Dorne, and he probably set up the annulment in the first place, okay? Cersei's going crazy uh, with what's going on, and my plan B says that she's going to screw everybody over, restrict the army from coming, uh, from going north, right? And uh, basically the White Walkers are going to have little to no resistance. Arya took out the south, and here we go. Every, all the answers are in place except the Maesters. What's the big mystery behind the Maesters? We haven't solved that problem yet. And I think, as I've always said, they're suppressing knowledge, not just recording history. And I believe they have the original white still captive studying it. Uh, that would only make sense if they're ab able, to, able to bring back a white or a couple of them to demonstrate, you know, Valerian steel, fire, and dragon glass. Something to think about, guys. Thank you much. You know, questions that we finally see prophecy fulfilled. The Night King managed to bring a dragon to his side. He's been setting up this entire, this this whole situation, this this entire scenario for this one moment to get past the wall. You don't bring a quarter mile of chain with you unless you know you're going to use it and use it well. Um, the showrunners in, in the show are saying that, you know, the Whites could have, you know, you know, the lake was weak enough and uh, they could have cut the cut a swath around it. But the Night King could have frozen the lake over completely if he wanted to. That's what he does. He brings winter with him. He had them trapped long enough for the raven to get to to Danny. So Danny will bring the three dragons and, and then he can bring one or all of them down to get it done. And we almost saw he almost took out a second one. Right. So let's go back and figure this out from a very large meta perspective. Two time travelers fighting each other throughout time and we see we only see one aspect of that we only see time moving forward in one direction Brian and the Night King have been doing this over and over and over again uh, the symbols on the ground are as I've stated before are save points like in a video game Brian has has managed to win have more wins than losses that's why he gets to claim one one part of it with one symbol and the Night King has won more than loss and he gets to claim another part with another symbol but now we're getting to the end game of this whole thing. And now we're going to see that Bran has no choice because Arya has taken out the phrase, has taken out the center. There's no other standing army but Cersei's. And will Cersei betray everybody? Yes, she will. Why will she betray everyone? Because as I've stated before, we now know she's pregnant. If she's for real pregnant, she won't drink at this meeting and somebody will call her out for it. Uh, with everybody, with the meeting of the minds. Uh, probably Tyrion, because he'll be the one to notice and call it out. And ultimately, uh, she'll see a white. I believe it'll freak her out so badly she has a miscarriage. If she does have that miscarriage, that means she has nothing to live for. Nothing. There, there's no future. And if there's no future, then nobody else should have a future. That's how Cersei thinks. And she will hold back the army. Her and Jamie will finally break up over this because Jamie will have also seen prophecy be fulfilled. And he'll ride to the north with John uh, to figure out what to do and how to defend the wall, what's left of it. Uh, we're going to see great tragedy uh, take place. Most of our, our secondary characters are going to die. And next week will probably be the end of Littlefinger when it's all said and done. Uh, I'm going to repost uh, additional... Uh, I'm going to repost uh, Prophecies, The Wall, um, Plan B, everything in a string again so we keep an accurate representation of what's been going on so we keep this thread moving. Uh, please like and share and subscribe. Tell your friends about the channel. Uh, go check out Ken Knapsack's Daily Thrones. He's a, he's a great guy. 
has a lot of great information about uh, about uh, Daily Thrones and that community over there is fabulous. So everyone, uh, from probably the best episode we've ever had in Game of Thrones, considering action. Uh, thanks very much. Talk to you soon. Good morning, everyone. This is your three uh, breakfast cocktail uh, question. Uh, think of it as, as your mimosas while I'm traveling to France today. Uh, got me thinking, once again, about Game of Thrones and expanding on the idea of prophecies and Game of Thrones. So, thanks to everyone for listening to my uh, Brand's Plan B and how Brand has set up King's Landing to be the ultimate trap for the White Walkers and the tunnels underneath are how the population and the warriors will survive the wildfire that will go through King's Landing. Uh, if you haven't heard that, please check it out. But this one is about a larger version of that, which is prophecies. Are they right and are they wrong in Game of Thrones? And I s speculate that they're all right and they're all wrong. Let me explain. For the first time in movies or literature, we are seeing time travel from our perspective, not the traveler's perspective. Every story in books or movies about time travel is always about the time traveler and what they do. You see it with Marty McFly, who's gone back a few times and sees versions of himself. You see that with Doctor Who, who keeps changing doctors, but keeps playing out literally the same scenarios over and over and over again. But this time, what George has done, George R. R. Martin has done, is given us the perspective of what time travel looks like from us, whether it's chicken or the egg. And what I suspect seers are seeing are a snapshot of a change and a vision of what Bran has done or is about to do. And when a prophecy goes wrong, it's not that it was wrong, but it was changed. So think of a prophecy as a photograph, or, an, or a Polaroid, perhaps, because we know that photographs nowadays, you know, digitally can be modified and altered. But think of it as a, as a, as a, a still paper photograph or a Polaroid. Yes, at that moment, what they saw was correct. They were predicting the actual future. But when Brand goes back and changes things, and we don't know how many times he's done this to get this right, to ultimately defeat the White Walkers, but let's just keep the math simple at a hundred times. Okay, just a hundred. But during those periods of times, people have seen several times that a prophecy has come and gone and has been kind of close or not. That brings us to Melisandre, and maybe that at some point, Robert Baratheon was Azorahai. Okay, that Bran tried to use Az uh, use. Uh, Robert Baratheon as Azor Ahai, and after he ran through all the, the scenario as Robert Baratheon being Azor Ahai, it turned out that Robert would not have stopped the Night's King. But Melisandre didn't see that. She saw the single version of Bran trying out Robert Baratheon as Azor Ahai. So that's the vision she saw through the quote-unquote Lord of Light, and that is why she has gone about doing what she has done to make this work. Prophecy seers, what seem to be in this world, are taking snapshots of what could have been and what might have been or what might be. But at the end of the day, Bran is still the one in control 
of how the timeline thread is going to play out to his ultimate satisfaction. Never forget that. He is the Three-Eye Raven. And ultimately, his goal is to end the White Walkers, one way or another. Plan A was the wall. It didn't seem to work out as Bran the Builder. So Plan B, as I have said and have stated before, King's Landing is going to be the ultimate trap for the White Walkers and the wildfire. Thanks, everybody. Think about this. Uh, subscribe. Favor the station. Tell your friends. Uh, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Hey, good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. This is Kevin Ross again with your three cocktail early dinner question and comment. Yesterday, on my friend Ken Knapsack's uh, channel here, uh, Daily Thrones, where he talks about uh, Game of Thrones, I proposed kind of a crazy question, kind of a theory, which was, if uh, Bran is a time traveler, that theory's kind of been out there, but I suspect, I suspect that Bran is like Merlin, and Merlin's superpower, his magic power, was to be the original Benjamin Buttons. He knew everything in the future and aged backwards. And so I proposed to Ken, Mr. Knapsack, that Bran taught the Mad King how to make wildfire as a plan B to lure the White Walkers into King's Landing and destroy all the White Walkers while sacrificing King's Landing uh, to the White Walkers. But you're saying, Kevin, that's crazy. That's the entire population of King's Landing. Not necessarily. Let me explain. See, because Bran is this, this time traveler, which has been speculated by other people, I'm not the original one to make that up, but they stop at Bran the Builder. Bran builds the wall. I believe Bran is Bran the Builder, and he builds the wall. But because he is a time traveler, I can see all aspects of his particular timeline. He sees that the wall will not hold back the White Walkers, and so Bran needs a plan B. Plan B is... He learns to manufacture the wildfire from the children of the forest, brings that to the proper time time perspective uh, in our in our time period to the Mad King, who manufactures all the wildfire and has Targaryens build out the 50 miles of tunnels underneath King's Landing. And I propose that what's going to happen is the population and the warriors are going to lure the White Walkers into King's Landing. The population and then the warriors will escape into the tunnels and the dragons will detonate the wildfire around King's Landing, perhaps sacrificing the city, but destroying most, if not all, of the White Walkers. This is Bran's Plan B. Give me a call. Tell me what you think. Uh, let's discuss. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. And uh, commentary, and today we're going to talk about how Cersei is going to betray everybody. Let me explain. A brief recap. Uh, John and Danny have finally met at Dragonstone. Danny has met, uh, Danny has agreed to give away the dragon glass to John. John, through teleportation or mermen or jetpacks, whoever you want to classify it, is going to send the dragon glass up north, and they're going to start getting this thing manufactured right away. Sam will probably be up there. Shortly, too, to show them how to assemble the dragon glass into weapons, because he'll bring books up there with them. More on that later. 
But at some point, uh, John's going to reach out to Cersei to say, we need your army, and she's going to say, give me proof. Don't know if he's going to do it face-to-face yet or not, but that conversation has to happen. So John's going to assemble John Team 6 or John Team 12, because the books say 12 guys, and they're going to ride past the wall to either kill the Night King outright and cut off the head to take out the and the, uh, the body will fall away, or to capture a white or a white walker. And that's when the show the show will show us probably a giant and undead giant. Cause we saw one uh, at the beginning of the season uh, with the Night King, or maybe like bears or wolves or you know other scary you know northern creatures that are undead. They'll they'll go into that fight with them. The team will begin to lose. Danny will fly in with the dragons at the last minute, burn a bunch of whites and white walkers, uh, creating a gap for them to leave. But the Night King will take out one of the dragons, so the Night King will have. Uh, one of the dragons, uh, and which could also then lead to the prophecy of Bran will fly again because Bran is actually the Night King. We'll get into a little more of that later. We're starting to, you know, go off track. But then John's going to bring back the white. They'll probably keep it in the dragon pits in King's Landing because that's probably the safest place to keep an undead. Uh, they'll do various tests in front of everybody to show that, yeah, it actually is dead, and the only thing to kill it is either dragon glass or... Uh, Valerian Steel. Maybe they bring back a couple to demonstrate each one, each each form. And then Cersei will then say, you know what, you're absolutely right. Um, I agree with you. We need to cease all hostility until this is all said and done. Uh, we're gonna. I, I swear to you, as the Queen of the Seven Kingdoms, you can have the Lannister army and the Tully army. Uh, guys, get there and start making your preparations. And that's when Cersei says, all of my enemies are in one place, the, the White Walkers. Every person here who hates me will be up north. I'm not sending any support. None. And when that call comes, she won't. That will devastate the north. That allows the Night King to bring down the wall with no resistance. And now Plan B can work because... There was not enough men up north to do this. Cersei has screwed everybody. Why would she do this, though? What what puts it into Cersei's brain to do this? It's because she has seen prophecy happen in front of her with the White Walkers. You can argue that Cersei has had a tragic life and a tragic chain of events that maybe some crazy lady in a swamp, Maggie the Frog, has, has laid out. If you look at it in the most broadest of terms, yeah, your kids are going to die. That happens. Yeah, they're, they're shattered in gold. Well, that's how nobility would die, right? Younger women will come and, come and go in your life. That happens. All of that can be dismissed. But the moment she sees a White Walker, she knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that prophecy is real because the long night is here again. And this is what set Cersei off to um, betray everyone and set things up so that she can kill everyone because we're all supposed to die. She will have finally snapped and lost it. Jamie and her will have a big fight. Uh, Jamie will reveal that um, uh, Tyrion did not poison. They'll have a big fight over that. Jamie will leave and um, either kill her then or head up to the Night's Watch to join uh, Tyr- uh, Tyrion uh, and the North to help defend. 
But at the end of the day, Cersei's going to betray everybody. She's going to screw them all. They may have had a shot with the Tully and the Lannister army. They may have had a shot. Three dragons and uh, all of those guys and the wall. But not anymore. Cersei betrays everyone and sets up plan B. Thanks. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin Ross with Three Cocktail Questions. I added um, uh, a segment from my friend Ken Knapsack Station at Daily Thrones, The Night King and the Night's King, because he sets up uh, perfectly what I'm about to talk about, which is the symbols that we see um, in the caves and throughout the series. There are two very distinctive ones. The first one is the spiral. Uh, it seems to be eight or uh, eight to ten uh, spokes moving clockwise uh, around in uh, around in a circle. Then there's the second one, more associated with the Night King, which is a circle with a line down the center of it. So imagine those two. And it seems it seems that when the Night King wins a section or a or has an ad- a clear advantage. That's when his symbol appears. When Bran seemed, or the good guys seem to have an advantage, that's when the spiral appears. So we're if if I think what is happening is happening, it's not just Bran that is time traveling and is the Night King, but the Night King is time traveling and is Bran. They're like opposite sides to the same person. And they're, they've been doing this for some time, and they're staking out claims in time that have that each one has won to get to this ultimate conclusion. So let's, not to make it confusing, let's keep this simple. Let's say that this has happened a hundred times, and I use that example a lot because it's easy to imagine. Let's say this has happened a hundred times. And when we see a symbol, uh, when we see a, a spiral, that means... In the 100 times that this has happened, Bran has won most of those, at least 51% of those. 51 times, Bran has won, so he gets that section of time. When we see the circle in the line throw, which is the Night King's version of it, 51% of the time or more, the Night King has won that section of time. If John and SEAL Team 6, which is what I call them, get ambushed by the Night King, gets ambushed by the Night King. It means the Night King knew they were going to be there and set up a trap himself to nip in the bud what's about to happen. And if that's the case, then now we don't have just one time traveler, but we have one time traveler broken up into two parts fighting himself, the good part of himself and the bad part of himself, trying to resolve this problem in only through their perspective. It seems Bran is trying to stop the Night King. It seems as the Night King is trying to stop being the Night King, trying to end his curse. And both sides are determining a solution. And the way they leave symbols for each other in that victory to the best possible portion of that is with those symbols. That's what I'm gathering so far. That's what certainly seems to make the most sense. But what are your thoughts behind it? Uh, like, subscribe, call into the station, let me know what you think. Uh, also, go over to Ken Knapsack Station at Daily Thrones. Watch him on Thrones Talk on Collider Video. Uh, Shift Alt, uh, Alt Shift X on uh, where we get a lot of our stuff from, from some good theories, because he puts a lot of comprehensive stuff great together. And other folks and other uh, very learned maesters online. Uh, learn, 
grow, adapt, come up with your own theories. Let us all know what's going on. Again, this is Kevin Ross for Three Cocktail Questions. We'll talk soon. Thanks.